Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Roleplaying as Smart People, a podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to RPG systems, mechanics, news, and dumb rants on topics we have way overthought. My name is Santa, and I'm glad you can join us today. Uh, joining me as usual, we have Scott W. and Mr. Finder. Say hello, guys. Hey. No. Ah. <laughs> it's going so smooth, I didn't even screw up that intro, and you had to say no. It's perfect. <laughs> well... On this episode, guys, we are going to be talking about cyberpunk games. What the hell are they? What is cyberpunk? Why is it so popular everywhere, but not on the table? So, first question. What the <laughs> hell is cyberpunk? <laughs> All right, so you're the recent, most recent cyberpunk scholar. I'm still learning, man. Um, so, to me, cyberpunk, at least as far as I can go just from... You guys have no idea how much time I've actually spent just trying to figure out what cyberpunk really is after <laughs> digging into it. I'm just going to be flat out. Um, so I look at it as somewhere where there's usually uh, kind of an oppressive force, whether it is corporations or uh, pretty much like an ever-consuming government that has eyes everywhere or technology, which has kind of drawn everything to one area while a lot of the population tends to be, you know, wage slaves or, you know, kind of lower on the totem pole. And so they, so a culture of almost lawlessness almost starts to to become more pervasive into the world. And it's usually in a massive urban area. Um, of course, I think there's definitely alternate versions of that, but that's kind of my thought on it. How wrong am I? For you, you're right on the money. For me, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, Finder, what's your uh, definition? For me, cyberpunk is about the oppressed who... Uh, it, it, so the way that I think it, I, I think of it in terms of what are the elements that I see in cyberpunk. Like you said, I agree. There is an oppressive force of some sort. However, typically... To me, it's more than just one because the 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 hero, the the protagonists in cyberpunk, are typically caught between opposing forces, and they are just trying to survive. Uh, for me, cyberpunk is about, like you said, the little guy, but it's generally they're just trying to survive. There is no black or white; it's all shades of gray to black. There, there's really very little white, um, if any at all. And it typically involves the, the, the little guy acquiring some form of augmentation to try and deal with the system um, that they're, they're, they're fighting against. But generally speaking, nobody wins. The little guy doesn't necessarily come out on top. He may survive the day, which is not the same thing as winning, in my opinion. And there's usually some sort of double cross. It's almost like science fiction Lankmar um, for me. Sorry, science fiction. What? Lankmar from Franz or uh, Fritz Lieber. Yeah. Oh. Which yeah, is about all thieves. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good tagline for a fucking cyberpunk product. Shit. What about you, Scott? Do you agree with him? Uh, or... I mean, yeah, I think it's uh, it's that's kind of. I mean, if I only had a reference point for cyberpunk, hold on, wait, I have one in my hands. <laughs> this shit. Oh, so by oh. definition, cyberpunk is a subgenre from science fiction, right? That's just the reality. And it's about lawless subcultures and oppressive societies dominated by normally computer technology. 
and that's just a that's the vanilla definition of what cyberpunk is as an overall literature li- you know literary genre but yeah you get into it and yeah it's about it, really it's it's cyberpunk allows the veil of our reality to be pulled back for people in i guess a more welcoming way because like everything finer talked about is exactly what goes on today I know people don't want to hear that, but the little dude wins. You're going to get shit on. There are forces moving that are so beyond people's normal comprehension when it comes to governments and corporations, how they do business, and the false faces they put on shit, and they make you want to buy shit. And so that's the part of cyberpunk that is also in there. Is it's about rampant consumerism and shit you don't need. That's why cyberpunk isn't really about, oh, it's cool. I get you know cheetah raptor limbs and shit I can kick through walls. No, it's about you're willing to cut your fucking legs off that are perfectly good to get something cool. Right, it's because you need that new thing. You need to be hooked into the internet. You need to be hooked into the latest trends. You need to be part of it. And all the while, you're just living in squalor. You're living at a means that you're allowed to live in. And when you fight back or push back, they're going to push harder. And then that's where the the gaming of cyberpunk comes into it. Is you you play the people who are willing to push back harder and take the fight to the man on behalf of the man and get double crossed by the man and eventually get, you know, drop in a river by the man because you're now become, you're, you've moved from asset to liability. So out of curiosity, what book are you mentioning? <laughs> plug, it doesn't plug. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a cyberpunk game and I made sure to capture as much of this as possible. I think I sent it to you guys, and you know it is what it is. I saw there was a, a partial review, or like it was, someone pulled up on a, on, a, on a message board talking about the game, and there is a, a piece in there where I talk about you know I have organizations, just kind of an example of the little man and you know the, how the, how how shit really functions in real life, right? It just is what it is, and it's this. Uh, there's uh, it's in the Gazetteer, and it's two different things. There, I wanted to have like these conspiracies that aren't maybe conspiracies, but are conspiracies. So one is Dama, and you know I'll just read it real quick. So Dama is the acronym for left-wing terrorist group who seeks, by their words, to liberate the citizens from the tyranny of fascism, and they see fascists everywhere. The fight will not, and by design, cannot end. Dama breaks out to Democratia, Academia, Media, and Anarchia. And the other one is the Reunification Front. This is Dama's wet dream, an actual right-wing, hyper-jingoistic fascist terror movement. They do not seek to unite people by skin color. They seek to unite the old countries and rule them under a religio-conservative augmented fist. And the response was, from the reviewer, was, if there's not a more subtle, more truthful take on this current, current setting of America and the world, I don't know what is. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about. You know, when I wrote Neon Blood, it was to, everything you write about in cyberpunk and everything you play in cyberpunk is what's going on now. It just gives you a chance to play the shitheads who are going to be the interlopers and going to be the loca- the locateurs who are now part of the problem and have solutions and then become part of the problem again. And you can move from corp to corp or from government to government. You know, and kind of going on to something that you touched there, I think that's another interesting thing about the cyberpunk, especially the video game, oh, not the video game, sorry, the tabletop games, um, that I think other mediums may not be able to tackle because you if you look at tabletop games of cyberpunk that are from like you know the 90s the 2000s um and you know pretty much anything in in between i guess you know that was only two dates but anyways you guys know what i mean um you can really kind of see where their concerns for the future lie 
based off of how they kind of wrote the future. So you can see in some of them where it is mass consumerism and others, it's kind of oppression and others you can see it's more geared towards, you know, the fall of like the rise of communism. Like, I don't know if you guys would agree with me on this one, but I think paranoia is actually a kind of a cyberpunk game. If you look into it, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, it. that's, that's where I disagree. I, I think, see, here's, here's the thing for me. I think in our current day, you can have cyberpunk trappings in a lot of different genres without it being cyberpunk. I know that there are people who say that the matrix is cyberpunk and it is not. In my opinion, that is post-apocalypse with some cyberpunk trappings, but it's not cyberpunk to me. There is too much black and white. The humans are good. Mm -hmm. The machines are bad Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a winner. There's, there's no, there's no like, opposing forces that's keeping the humans in check and and so for me the matrix is not cyberpunk the matrix is post-apoc um paranoia i believe could be maybe a cyberpunkish satire i i think it it is a satire but it's still cyberpunk i'm going to read just the premise of the game and tell me (laughs) if you didn't know the actual uh the title if you didn't know what game it was tell me if you would actually think that it would be cyberpunk or not The game is set in a dystopian future city controlled by the computer and where information are restricted by color-coded security clearance. Player player characters are initially enforcers of the computer's authority and will be given missions to seek out and eliminate threats to the computer's control. The player character also uh, part of a prohibitive underground movement um, and will have secret objectives including theft from them and murder of the other player characters does that not sound cyberpunk to you tell me one part of that that didn't sound cyberpunk there's no opposing force there's no there's no big force equal to the computer Computer, which is the to which is the massive leader that eventually you know you try with other forces trying to take control over it am i not right correct but no but there's no there's no other opposing force now there are minor threats to the computer but there's not like a, a separate entity that sends you on missions against the computer. So yeah, like I think what what Finder is saying. Correct me if I'm wrong. If there was another computer, right? Maybe of another city or another area that contacted you and sent you out to do wicked shit against your computer, that would be more in keeping with cyberpunk, right? Because now that would, you're, right, that would be getting yeah. closer to cyberpunk. Yeah, I, I still don't know that I would consider it cyberpunk, but because dystopian is not necessarily cyberpunk. I mean, 1984 was a dystopian future, right? That I would not consider cyberpunk. No. So dystopian alone doesn't make something cyberpunk, just like augmentation does not make something cyberpunk. If it was, we are a cyberpunk society right now because we have augmentations today that, uh, heck, you you think about in cyberpunk, there's always like this charisma enhancing Mm -hmm. augmentation. We've got Botox, we've got uh, Mm -hmm. plastic surgery, we've got all sorts of things that physically enhance someone's beauty and potentially their charisma if they know how to, to leverage it, right? So technically speaking, I think we're almost in a pre-cyberpunk era right now. Would people in the 80s consider what we currently live in right now as cyberpunk? Sure. Ha- having grown up in the 80s, we're, we're close to it. Yeah. And like like you said, is not everything is dystopian. I mentioned that Neon Blood is... I specifically state that the, the world of 2035 that I created isn't 
a rough shithole ghetto that's everywhere, right? It's not this ubiquitous downtroddenness. It's a gilded cage. And that's even more depressing as a cyberpunk, right? Because it's like you got everything at your fingertips and there's still this nefarious business going on. And there's And everyone is – all the sheep are happy to be part of the, the pen. And then you have the wolves who have to hunt the wolves, right? And then you have the sheepdogs, which represent just those – really, it's law enforcement, right? They're not, they're not wolves. They're, they're sheepdogs, and they're there to, as the in-betweens. And even they're wicked and shit, right? So in, in, in game terms, right? Let's not get into real-world shit, but yeah. even in the game, you're going to have crookedness. Uh, so uh, like Blade Runner, if people haven't actually read Blade Runner, near the end of Blade Runner, when he starts figuring everything out and he goes back to the precinct and all that stuff, that story begins to break down rapidly. And you start to realize you have been deceived throughout the entire story. And that's why the argument of Deckard and it's like uh, the, 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 the title alone tells you everything. But when you get to the end of the book, you're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, man. I, I, I think a, a gilded cage dystopia is far more terrifying to operate in than, you know, cool, we're going to drive through, you know, the Chaz in Seattle and get shot at and shit. Okay, that's expected. It looks like a shithole. Well, I think this will actually bring up to our next kind of question quite well. But if you had to break down the elements of what cyberpunk is in order to be considered cyberpunk, what would you, if you had to cut it down to just the core elements, what would you guys consider it? I mean, shit, I think Finer broke that shit down, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, I like, I think I did. But I mean, for me, it would have to, it's typically going to be shades of dark, right? You've got your shades of gray. There's very little white, if any. You're going to have little guys, uh, doing jobs for big guys, getting crushed between them because they're opposing forces. They are generally, uh, I don't know that I could imagine a cyberpunk without somebody being augmented in some way. Um, I, I can I, I can accept cyberpunk without net running. Um, I know some people can't, but there has to be some sort of uh, virtual reality that people fight through. To me, that's just one method of fighting uh, within a cyberpunk world. It doesn't have to be the only way, but generally there's going to be double crosses. There's going to be uh, curtains that hide other things. It's like you, you keep pulling back curtains, right? That you'll, you'll never get to the wizard behind the curtain because there's too many freaking curtains. Um, so for me, cyberpunk is, it's almost going to have a sense of hopelessness. Uh, futility it's going to be dark and if the if the protagonist wins it's going to be a uh not a total win it's going to be there's, there's going to be some sort of loss with it uh in some way whether that's a loss of naivete or whatever maybe they're waking up to oh crap <laughs> like you said this is a gilded cage um to, to me, that that's the, that cyberpunk is going to be oppressive and it's going to be heavy and uh, you're just trying to resist those forces just to survive. It is a story about survival. Do you think that it needs to be in an urban setting? Out of curiosity, because I know everything that I know of cyberpunk or everything, it's always 
based in an urban center of some kind? I don't think it needs to be. I, there, there's definitely going to be urban aspects to it. But I mean, if you look at like Altered Carbon, and not necessarily the first in the series, but if you look at some of the later novels from that from that series, uh, there are places where it's interstellar, where you're traveling to other planets. And even Neuromancer, some of the later novels uh, within that series, there are places where it's not necessarily urban-centric, quote-unquote, adventuring. So it doesn't have to be, but it likely is because that is how society has grown. Society has grown big, it's grown oppressive, and it's you, you feel the oppression when people are together. When you get out into uh, an uninhabited planet, there's less oppression. Um, yeah. So I think there, there's going to be some element of urban culture in there somewhere, but it doesn't have to necessarily stay in the in the city for it to be cyberpunk. Yeah, I mean, because you have to think about the the whole point of it is control, right, by the oppressive forces. Mm -hmm. And control outside of an urban setting is much more difficult. And, you, and I'm talking about control of your everyday life. Your typical yeah. farmer doesn't give a flying f about Google and what's happening at Google or what's happening in, with, the, with the metaverse. They, can give, they have no time for that shit. Um, and so for them, it just is what it is. There's now they have drone tractors and drones and all sorts of convenience, but that level of control just isn't there. Could it be there? Yeah, it could be some nefarious stuff. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It seems like outside the urban environment, I think it's almost getting more into like um, like a post-apoc, you know, kind of setting. It almost seems like it falls apart. And I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen anything really written about a countryside and a setting that was positive, you know. Yeah, I like to me, like I always think of any kind of cyberpunk game in an urban setting like you like I'm trying to think of like you like you mentioned, um, was it Altered Carbon, how it goes to space. But I don't generally think that if it travels to space, it doesn't necessarily all of a sudden make it like I guess technically all cyberpunk is sci-fi but I don't immediately imagine oh no this is no longer a cyberpunk movie because the core elements of it still kind of stay in the same direction um so I don't know I just to me like I everything like I can't I'm trying to think of anything where the main basis of uh, of it didn't happen in a populated center like judge dread that's considered cyberpunk and it is like they literally have these habit like what do they call it like the human habitats I don't, they don't call it like a they call it like a city block a block or something like that i forget and it's literally one massive structure that's pretty much a city built into its own and it could just be based in that one massive structure and to that that's to me, it screams cyberpunk, but I don't know if you guys think. Yeah, like the the, the 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 mega structures, right? So, like yeah. the new the new uh, Doctor Dread, Jesus, the new Judge Dread, the new Doctor Dread, the new Doctor Dread, the new Judge Dread <laughs> movie was amazing. With, I love uh, it. Right, and that was, and yeah, you're right. I have that on my watch list for people of like you want to see like because the specific aspect of what you mentioned of though that long ass firefight. And going up against all that force and it's all drug addicts and gang thugs. Mm -hmm. And also on top of that, normal people who just don't want to be involved like that medic, right? It's literally not his goddamn problem, but he gets involved. And I, I use that as like, here's how you would do this. Hell, I use that movie 
for people to play Eberron to understand how Sharn would work because the city of towers doesn't make sense because everyone thinks of like a tower in fantasy world as this big dumb round thing with a staircase that goes around <laughs> the side right because that's what you think of no you do you do she say no no imagine a mile high tower built like a, a goddamn city inside of it and you say just watch judge red and then while the players come back and they're like oh I can adventure in Sharn and I 100% get it now. And it's going to be amazing because now I know what to look for. Yeah, I don't. Because I consider Eberron cyberpunk. So. You consider Eberron? I certainly do. I think Eberron fits well in the cyberpunk genre. It's I think just it's like, fantasy cyberpunk. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 I mean, Shadowrun can be cyberpunk. Eberron definitely is cyberpunk. Yeah. I don't know. For that one, like, I have a little bit of trouble imagining a cyberpunk, but at the same time, I can see where you would get that, because I always imagine cyberpunk as futuristic, right? Right, yeah. And that one's almost... I hate to say it, because... But, <laughs> like, it almost reminds me more of, like, uh, steampunk. It's like steampunk mixed with fantasy. In it a does way. a lot for people, but it leaves out a lot of... But you don't have the gears in steam. No, but I mean, it has that yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, arcane punk. Yeah, basically, arcane punk. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think. Yeah, that's but you got like augmentations, it. right? The dragon marked items. You can have those as augmentations. Um, yeah. You know, you have androids, which a lot of cyberpunk settings have. <laughs> oh <Blade> yeah. <laughs> like, I think they. <laughs> you know? I, I think most cyberpunk settings have androids. Like I know yeah, not some all degrees. Them do, but yeah. Yeah. Even if you look at one of the most popular, you know, cyberpunk RPGs, which is Shadowrun, like that one is not purely cyberpunk. That's cyberpunk fantasy. Heavier on the cyberpunk, but it definitely has a lot of fantasy elements in it. Sure. And which is weird is people hate that game. Well, everyone hates the mechanics. There's very few <laughs> devotees of the mechanics and they're all just lying to themselves. Yeah. But the setting, it's either you really, really love Shadowrun because the idea is cool or you really hate Shadowrun because I don't want my D&D in my cyberpunk or I don't want, you know, I don't want cyberpunk in my D&D. And it's like, okay, cool. Stay myopic. That's awesome. <laughs> You'll go far. Keep playing and rewriting the same rule set 500 more times. It won't yeah. change that a fighter is a fighter. Yeah. No, so, yeah, I, I don't agree. know. Sorry, Finder. We stepped all over you, man. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, I I was just listening and I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, this is for the puppy comment from last time. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn, it's harsh. Uh, I don't know, man. Just so you know, I would keep killing puppies to sell product. Damn. Oh, you cold, heartless son of a bitch. Hey, I am cyberpunk to the core. I'm just doing what my character would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, what? What do you think the co covers of the co of the books are co uh, lined in? It oh has, has to be soft. Nothing <laughs> softer than puppy leather. Oh my god! Damn! I wish I didn't bring it up. Damn. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Yeah. Damn, Sauron says hi. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. What else? I mean, yeah, I, there's there's even a fantasy game devoted to being cyberpunk. Well, there's two. One is poorly done, and I can't remember the name name of it, unfortunately, um, where I would shit all over it. What's the other? The other, I also can't remember the name of it, but <laughs> it's the idea is a little more clever. Yeah, um, you know, they use magic, and your wizards and sorcerers can access like an astral matrix. You know, 
which is essentially hacking, which is not a bad idea. I mean, there's, I was asked to toy with an idea similar to that. And it was just like, okay, cool. I mean, I see how it would work, but I don't know if I'm hundred percent interested in something like that. I'm not going to lie. If I was to do a, like cyberpunk, I don't know if I would create virtual reality in it. Well, computers are a thing, right? You're going to have to address it. No, they're like, I think, I think augmented reality seems a lot more plausible than virtual reality. Cause mm-hmm. like, if well, it's already here. At, well, yeah. Augmented reality, but you can go even more in depth with it with, with while with a virtual reality, it, I don't know. Part of it just seems like it's even nowadays you look at it and it feels more like a gimmick than anything else. Like, have you ever seen like that? Do you remember from the first Jurassic park where it showed that girl hacking and it was like a bunch of freaking buildings in that little, like one she was going, she's like, I know this system. And she's just going through these little buildings, clicking on it. And you're like, that's not it. That's not it. And I'm just thinking to myself, it's like, how is any of this stuff, including virtual reality, how would that be faster than someone looking at a screen and navigating through uh, search engines and options just on a basic screen? How could well, it honestly be quicker? Well, one of us writes code. That's true. <laughs> Finder, what's your opinion on this? How easy would it be to hack and do and write code in virtual reality? So, first of all, let's get something clear. I am more of a hack than a hacker. Um, and, so any any feds listening, my code immediately has to make a save versus death or go into a coma. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, when speaking of that Jurassic Park scene, though, the funny thing is when I saw that the first time, she's like this is a Unix system. I'm like, that's not any Unix system I've ever seen because every <laughs> Unix system I've ever seen and any Unix geek I know prefers the command line over navigating through GUI interfaces if you're trying to do something computery. Now, uh, with that being said, the, the whole concept of hacking in cyberpunk, I think, is there to produce fun for... Uh, the reader to some degree, but also in game terms, it gives them something to do in combat. Now, if you read like Neuromancer, the hackers weren't like what you see in Jurassic Park. In Neuromancer, see, Neuromancer is great in terms of showing how a cyberpunk team works because you have your, your street samurai, you have your hacker, and there is constant coordination between this hacker has to get this thing done in a certain amount of time for this next part of the plan to work. And if they don't, then things go sideways really fast and really dangerous. And so in in the books, the hacking isn't instantaneous. It's not something that they're doing really fast. It's, it's, it's something that they're going in and they have planned for it uh, to take a certain amount of time. And then I rush in and I do my thing. Um, but those hackers were never hacking in real time during combat. But for a game, you want all the players to have fun. So yeah, I, I understand the natural progression. And I think that there could be if it's if the systems are set up to be more visual interfacey than than they are today, then yeah, I, I could see it being that way. I mean, I, I think about like minority report, right? 
that that was a very visual interface for their computers. So hacking would probably become more visual, in my opinion, uh, in that sort of environment. So I think it just depends on how you want to set it up. But uh, again, for a game, I think the hacking is done more so that it's interesting and mm-hmm. gives the hacker something to do. Yep. That's why I wrote, doing their stuff. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. That's why I wrote Neon Blood the way I did. Originally, I started out, it was it was really like two pages, like, you're just going to make hacking checks. I'm like, that is pretty boring. So, you know, let's spice it up and add some variety to it. But yeah, you're right. And like the visualization, yeah, like the expanse is another good example of probably where we're going to go, right, with holographic projections. Um, they're already doing it with a few systems, with some TVs and whatnot in East uh, mm-hmm. East Asia. No, that's, uh, that's fair. Yeah, I just... Like augmented reality kind of makes sense for how our society is going. We're all digitized. Like we're, all, we all have access to the internet pretty much all the time. With the advent of five, like you know, five G, it's becoming faster, more feasible. I can imagine us in the future having glasses or implants where it's like you can literally look at a restaurant and then like think to your like you know either like through a voice command or something like that. I was like, Oh, I wonder what their menu is. And all of a sudden under glasses or visuals, all of a sudden we have a digital menu that pops up. That's like almost like ingrained into the business itself. Or when you look at it, it pops up so you can see the menu. I can see things like that happening or digital ads where they have billboards that are literally empty and you look at it and it's just whatever is the most important, almost like pop-ups on the internet, whatever it is based off your search history. I can imagine those things more than VR because it just seems more feasible. But that might just see though within cyberpunk, you have augmented reality and you have virtual reality. Mm -hmm. And if you've seen the movie ready player one in most of your cyberpunk stuff, ready player one is the type of VR that you have where you're in as this character and you're interacting and you're doing things there as that character, you have your digital proje- uh, projection of yourself. And that's the that's the VR of a lot of the cyberpunk type of stuff. Augmented reality is also, at least in a lot of the, the games and the way that cyberpunk is portrayed, is almost uh, unavoidable. I mean, you think about like Minority Report, which I don't necessarily consider Minority Report a cyberpunk story, but it has some great things that work well with cyberpunk. Where when, uh, oh, what's his name? Tom Cruise's character is walking down and he's constantly getting these ads because they're targeting him. Mm. And it's due to implants that are in his eyes and he has to go get his eyes replaced at that point so that nobody recognizes him and he can't be tracked based on ads that are popping up. Uh, So, I mean, that to me is like, it's so ubiquitous in, in cyberpunk is augmented reality. Whereas the VR is more of a, specialized place where other sort forms of transactions take place. Drug deals could take place in cyberspace, right? There's that whole virtual reality is a world within a world that is harder to control because it is so big. And it's, it's not as, um, what's what I'm looking for. It's harder to control something that is everywhere the way that the VR would Mm -hmm. be because you're not constrained by by space at that point um so so there's that to me becomes your hacker's paradise is going into vr so they can live out these lives now is it truly safe probably not but there's that illusion that you have some sort of 
autonomy and and, and uh, agency within VR in a cyberpunk world that you may not have elsewhere. So out of curiosity, why wouldn't you actually consider uh, Minority Report uh, cyberpunk? Because it does have a lot of the elements that would probably push a lot of people to consider it. It, it does. And I'm not sure where I stand on. I'm not sure where I stand on Minority Report yet. One thing, there's a couple things to, to think about is Minority Report was written by Philip K. Dick, which predates cyberpunk as a genre, which doesn't mean that cyberpunk necessarily didn't necessarily exist, but it wasn't uh, codified in, in some sort of way. And the fact that we're also arguing about what cyberpunk is, um, maybe it's still not codified. But I mean, you look at Gibson and Gibson is considered like one of the one of the founding fathers of, of cyberpunk, right? Mm, yeah. Minority Report predates all of that stuff. And so th there's probably inspiration that cyberpunk drew from some of those stories that Philip K. Dick wrote. Uh, could Minority Report be cyberpunk? Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I stand on it yet. Yeah, because even like uh, you mentioned, I forget if this was before we started recording or during, but you even mentioned how you don't consider the Matrix cyberpunk, but by a lot of the definitions that we've been using and a lot of ways we've been talking, I think there could be a case for it being cyberpunk. It's a I don't one agree. virtual <laughs> world control controlled by machine controlled by a machine disillusioned people and people uh, and a counter movement who's trying to break people free of the illusion that they've been fed their entire lives. But there's, there's no opposing force. You, you've there got is. two forces and that's it. No, you've got humans fighting the machines. There is nobody fighting. There, there's no third party involved here. Uh, you've got the machine and you've got the humans. No. Cause then there's also rogue programs within within it you also have the what's it the agent that goes rogue and he because he has he just wants to go crazy but there's is he those two, is... there's those two twin programs who were not actually for uh who were actually working not with the actual major computer that was creating the virtual reality there's a lot of different forces within but there's no major force besides the computer and the humans those are minor forces but there's no the, the human is not between a rock and a hard place there is nothing putting that human between a rock and a hard place other than we've got this big oppressive machine, we've got these computers, and I am fighting against that computer. You only have two warring factions. Even those minor programs are just that. They're, they're yeah. subplots. They're not, they're not uh, the, the big bads that cyberpunk needs. You need to have – the humans have no hope, whereas in the Matrix they do. And for me, the Matrix is post-apocalypse and war it's not uh it's not cyberpunk it has cyberpunk tra cyberpunk trappings granted i will give you that there are cyberpunk trappings but that is as much as i'm going to give it as cyberpunk there's there's to me it's more post-apoc and uh war see i don't and this is just my own personal opinion as a as a rookie towards it but i don't think you need to have multiple different sides and diff multiple different facets to it i think there just needs to be kind of an oppressed like society group versus something that's almost all powerful and consuming whether there's multiple different ones of that or if there's one that really controls everything i still kind of would say that it's it's splitting hairs on whether or not that would be cyberpunk and not. you are entitled to your opinion as wrong as it may be <laughs> <laughs> oh. and what, what's your take on uh our little discussion there scott 
Oh man, yeah, it just shows sort of the compl- well, it shows the, sort of the complications of it. You know, I'm like, hell, I even read a book and I said it's science, it's a science fiction subgenre, and then I, and then half an hour later, I'm like, oh, by the way, Eberron is cyberpunk. You know, because it's how I run it, how I use it, right? So, but to be fair, Eberron is also a subgenre of science fiction. But we'll just put, put a thumb thumbtack in that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, that, I, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is, and this is where Finder is too. And I, I do think that you have to have multiple powerful sides playing off because the the the, the, the edge runner, run the shadow runner, and the glitch you're not the important pieces in the story, which is weird to say for role-playing games, right, or movies, but you're not. The important pieces are the various corporations and governments. They're the movers and the shakers, and they hate each other. They want to get over on each other because the bottom line is the bottom line reality. That's money and influence and power, and the more of that. You, you think of them like gods. If you took gods in a fantasy setting and then had them compete as mega corporations, do man, I'm writing a whole new game right now. Um, with player characters, <laughs> right? You're making a fantasy cyberpunk because now it's, and that's kind of what Finer's taught Giddy Gat is that you have these major movers and shakers that you have no hope of ever doing anything about. You're never going to take down Arasaka unless you're a munchkin ass cyberpunk red or 2020 game. The reality is you're inconsequential and Arasaka could swat you with a snap of a finger and you're done. But they humor it because it's part of the game and they get it because they have their edge runners and every corporation has edge runners. And so, yeah, that's what's where finder is going with that is that it's not just about the oppression. That's just, that's an inconsequential side effect on behalf of the people. But the reality is, is yeah, you have two, three, four, five different major power groups that are willing to, they're willing to sacrifice everything just to get ahead. And that everything is literally everything until it becomes too much for them to not be able to survive and to have sustainability for their elites because it's really what it's all about, you know. Hmm. Interesting. Because by your by just an oppressed group, pirates are cyberpunk. No, but it also has to have the you know the high, kind of sci-fi elements to it. But even why? Because that's the cyber part of cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> If it, it's not, but what does uh, the cyber really mean? Because cyber doesn't really come from cybernetics, because we call cyber. No. You well, know, I cyber... think if it was just pirates, it would be shanty punk. Okay. Which <laughs> so, yeah. could I mean, be an awesome subgroup. Yeah. yeah, right. But, you know, by definition of an oppressed, because even a minority port, I mean, I think minority port near the end, we start without the major opposing forces. That's the closest we get to seeing a shift in the genre. Yeah. of that movie is when he be, essentially becomes an edge runner because now he's on the outside of the law. He's on the, he fell out of the good graces of the system, but the system is still working all as one partner. If there yeah. was, you know, I don't know, Baton Rouge County Sheriff's office came and scooped him up and was like, come on with us. We're getting you to a safe house and we're going to gear you up and we're going to have you get a plan together and sneak into, you know, mega city one and, you know, you know, blow the shit out of their servers. That's become cyberpunk. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh... It's this is one of those things where it's like so hard to really because I have a feeling like anyone who listens to this, some of them are going to be like, no, this is all bullshit. You guys are have the wrong definitions <laughs> of everything. And, I'm sure. And you know what? You're you're yeah. not wrong, but you're also wrong. Like yeah. I don't think that, I think that's one of the wonderful things of cyberpunk is the fact that 
I think it, it creates a lot of questions and it's one of those ones that really brings into perspective the world without just making it seem kind of preachy. I don't know. Now, I, I will say when, when we were talking before, like throughout the week as we were prepping for this episode a little bit, one of the things that Scott mentioned is cyberpunk is the exploration of what it means to be human. Now, oh, yeah, yeah. The, I, I will say that's Isaac Asimov's definition of all science fiction, of yeah. which cyberpunk is a subgenre. So that alone mm. can't define cyberpunk. But I think of most of the science fiction stuff, cyberpunk brings that to the forefront better than some of the other forms of science fiction as a whole, because it does force you to confront what does it mean to be human? If yeah. I am encased in this entire, if I'm a, a full on cyborg, all that's human of me is this brain, am I still human? Um, when do I stop being human? What's it mean to, to strive and to uh, overcome these impossible odds. Um, I, I think cyberpunk does that really well, which is why it's probably one of my preferred forms of science fiction uh, when it comes to to like literature. I love reading some science fiction or some cyberpunk because it does ask a lot of questions. I mean, like, heck, you think about Altered Carbon where... <laughs> your consciousness i mean you really don't have any physical part of your body anymore at all no you're on this chip and they drop you into a completely different body and that body could be uh man woman something else and it really starts to blur the lines of okay what does it mean to be human at this point yeah because really it's just your soul right if yeah probably the catch best catch-all and yeah and that is um like an altered carbon is a really good probably I, I don't know I think altered carbon might be the best exploration of transhumanism and some of the more politicized questions that people have and they they want to have a dialogue about but it doesn't seem like they they really know how to get about it and so they yell at each other but yeah like if you or body dies. So we're gonna get a little, a, a, a little, a little odd, I guess. So Santa, if your body dies, but Finder and I upload your consciousness into a new body, and that body is a woman, are you still you? You know, and those are the, those are the those are the deep yeah. questions of altered carbon. Of what does it mean to be you as a as a specific being? You know, it takes that question of being a human that that much. It, it dials it so far in, um, and you have to. And I think people who don't have, if you don't have that kind of introspective look or you don't want to have it, I don't know. I mean, maybe you just don't give a shit about that kind of stuff, but it's fun to think about of like, hey, you know, that, that is weird. What, what does that mean for everyone around you? And how does that change their perceptions, you know? No, that's, that's a really good point. I'm trying to think of where to go with this one, but yeah, I think that was really <laughs> well spoken. Like, I don't, I don't mean that as I'm like, oh, I just got nothing to say. I mean, like, Genuinely, though, that was a really good way to put it, you guys. Um, I wish I had something witty to say in response to all this, but uh, my only thought was is another thing that I've noticed as a trend with um, with cyberpunk, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier too. Is I think another thing that really makes cyberpunk cyberpunk is the fact that it really takes our fears of how society. Can, is going or can go and then cranks it up to 
you know, cranks it up and then says, here is your biggest fears of what society could turn out to be in the future. Well, and you know, the funny thing is literature should, in my opinion, as, as a uh, English major, it, it should help us evaluate where we are and change our course, right? I mean, we, we should be looking at the history to see where we've been so we don't make those same mistakes again. But since the 80s, we've talked about and lamented about a lot of the crap that never changes. We talk about the fear that cyberpunk can instill because of the mega corporations, and everybody hates mega corporations. And yet, we've got the Googles, the Amazons, the Apples, <laughs> yep. and we all continue to buy into them. Yep. And I, I, I do it unapologetically. I mean, I love my Mac. I love being able to go to Amazon and get whatever I want, even though I know they're probably uh, they're probably killing more puppies than I am. Right. I mean, yeah, it's but, true, right? Yeah. But I mean. I, I, I still do that because that is convenient for me. And as much as we rail against these things and we, we warn ourselves against them, we'd never change. And that's the tragedy of, of where we are because we, we keep complaining about it, but none of us do anything because the corporations are going, hey, I know how to make your life easier. So let's just dial that up a little bit. Yep. And we're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank yeah. you for that serotonin. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, and some of the developments that are coming are very, very cyberpunk. Um, they're the uh, digital currency. People read that, and if you read the UK's digital currency contract, it should terrify people because it explicitly states that your digital wallet currency can be used for those things considered acceptable by the government or your employer. And that's f***ing terrifying. You drive a car that eats too much gas, your money's turned off. <laughs> that's in that's in the verbiage, yeah. right? That's terrifying, yeah. and that is that is a hundred percent cyberpunk. Also, yes, yeah, that that is cyberpunk. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. I would also like to say no puppies were harmed in the making of this episode. It's all <laughs> metaphorical to show the all, the virtues of evil. It's metaphorical puppies. Um, think of them like NFTs. Um, God, yeah. No, dog, Which isn't dogs are useful. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. What NFTs are stupid? No, no, no. I'm 100 percent agreeing with you. I'm just imagining that in the next version of a cyberpunk game, they are definitely going to put NFTs because that just seems to be where the world's going right now, and I hate it. Now I want to write a I want to write a quick for, like thing for Neon Blood to make you fun of NFTs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a so new any homeless class based on <laughs> NFT transactions. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. This is my art. Now, I bought. now we we haven't asked a question yet. Okay. As to as much as we like this in our movies, we like it in our literature. Why don't we like it on our tabletop? Oh, I, that man. was actually what I was going to bring up next. <laughs> and okay. we're already at forty-seven minutes, and we're finally getting to this question, which shows the <laughs> complexity of this thing. So this might be a two-parter, guys. You will know if it cuts off right now. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> see what I did there? Well, RP people, for the first time, we're going to have to split this episode. I think our entire recording came to an hour and 40 minutes, which is way too long. It's just coincidental that Finder made that comment about it at this moment, so why not use it, right? If you like our podcast, please subscribe and give us a thumbs up. 
you can contact us at rpsmartpeople at gmail.com or on Twitter at rpsmartpeople. If you liked this episode, then tune in next week for the conclusion of a bunch of people role-playing as smart people while talking about cyberpunk games. Also, tell your friends, because the exposure would certainly help. Have a good week, and see you next time.